Hello, everyone. Welcome into your Fizz live post-game reaction. Brought to you by Orange Fizz, Syracuse, and Purdue. What an unbelievable football game. I'm looking to thank the staff writer at orangefizz.com. That was one of the greatest football games I've ever seen. Point blank. An unbelievable performance by Syracuse. Aiden O'Connell was fantastic. Sarah Trader was fantastic. Both sides going back and forth all throughout the fourth quarter. Just listen to what Dina Babers had to say, what Garrett Trader and his teammates had to say. We'll have that all coming up here in his reaction as we walk out of the dome and enjoy the sights and sounds of Syracuse, New York, after a 32 home against the Orange 2 3 and for the first time since 2018, and only the third time overall in the last 30 years. What an unbelievable moment for this team, for this program that has struggled for so much. Oh, there he is. How was it up there? It was great. You just run into people who are so pumped up about this win. Fans on the streets, people excited about what is going on here in Syracuse. Let's go back to the first time. It was under. It was not a fun first time. Well, the not fun to watch. Garrett Trader was playing pretty bad. Sean Tucker had nowhere to run. And the Syracuse offense said nothing. The defense kept the team in the game. They were playing zone coverage on defense and just letting Aiden O'Connell take everything he had underneath. That was going nowhere. And if not for a couple of stops on third downs, this could have been a blowout early. It could have been really, really bad for Syracuse. But the defense held Good coverage from the secondary. A couple of big plays from Marlo Wax, Garrett Williams, among others. Jahad Carter had a couple big tackles in this game. Really set up what was a lackluster first half for, you know, I, I'm not going to sit there and say the third quarter was great because the fourth quarter was great. The third quarter, the first half of it was just as slow as the first half. But you get to the second half of that third quarter, Syracuse trailing in at that point. Nine to three at halftime. And then drives down the field thanks to a couple of penalties. Thanks to a couple of penalties. And is able to break through. People honking at people honking at me as I'm walking back. I mean it is just an unparalleled atmosphere here in Syracuse. But going back to what I was saying, third quarter. Garrett Schrader leads Syracuse down the field thanks to multiple Purdue penalties on third downs. And on second down and goal, inside the Purdue 10-yard line, has a wide open Rondé Gatson on the right side of the end zone. Decides, you know what? I'm going to hold on to the ball and keep doing my happy feet dance like I've been doing all day. There's an interception. Thankfully, there was defensive holding on Purdue on the play. So you have that interception erased. It was 9-3 at the time, very next play. Tucker goes up the middle, nothing. Tucker goes up the middle again, nothing. He just had nothing in the middle of the defense all day long. Just nowhere to go for Sean Tucker. Maybe his worst game at Syracuse. Didn't Eclipse 50 rushing yards, had two catches. 
he was decent in pass protection, and he's a good decoy, but that's not what you expect from Sean Tucker. And you throw a fade route on third and goal to Isaiah Jones. I saw the formation. You're on the near hash. You have Isaiah Jones, Iso, left side of the formation. Three receivers on the right, Tucker in the backfield. I'm like, no way they're going to throw a fade route to Isaiah Jones right now. And what happens? And Robert and I call up a fade route to Isaiah Jones. And it was, you know, besides the game and the touchdown, Garrett Traders, best throw of the day, back shoulder, bang, touchdown. Syracuse leads 10 to 9. Okay, what happens immediately after that? Purdue drives right back down the field, scores. I mean, how about the second half from Charlie Jones? That guy was uncoverable. Garrett Williams is someone who's being talked about as a potential first round. And he couldn't stay in front of him. He couldn't. I had to play off coverage in the first half. That didn't work. Tried to press man in the second half. That didn't work. So this is a guy, if you're Purdue, you've got to be really, really happy about it. Really thrilled if you're Purdue. So it's 15 to 10. Syracuse gets the ball back, start of the fourth quarter. He's trying to drive down the field, gets a couple nice plays, and then eventually ends up in fourth and one at fourth and one at, at about the Purdue 45. Now we saw Jeff Brom earlier in the game go for it on fourth and one from his own 45. And I tweeted out from the physical. That's a difference between these two coaches. Dino Babers is not going to go for it when Jeff Brom is. And what happened? Dino Babers goes for it. It's the exact same play Ronnie Gatson said this in the press conference after the game. It was the exact same play they ran on the goal line when Schrader missed him. And Schrader was able to get to him. He wasn't his first read. He wasn't his second read. Dino said it was actually his third read on the play. Going through his progressions, something Schrader did not do well all game was go through his progressions. And that, that was that. He hits Gadsden in the flat going across the field. And Gadsden's able to get it all the way up the field. What a great block from Damian Alford on that play as well. Blocking downfield, no one with Gadsden. Tucker, once again, the ultimate decoy on that play. And Gadsden scores. QB drawn on the two-point conversion. I mean, what a better play caller could have QB drawn a two-point conversion. Schrader knocks that in. It's 18 to 15. The very first play after that. This was about, you know, not eight, nine minutes left in the first half, set in the fourth quarter, excuse me. And is it is the first time all game it seemed like that Syracuse was able to get pressure on Aiden O'Connell. And O'Connell holds the ball a little too long, good coverage down the field. And JT here gets to him. This is a guy who earlier in the game had a 15-yard rough in the passer penalty whose coaches were not happy with him on the sideline. Now he's able to make a giant play. Hit O'Connell as he throws. He's wrapping him up. This is a situation much easier said than done, as I tweeted out. You have to go down in that situation if you're O'Connell. He does not. And that's... Ball goes right to Okachukwu. He comes very close, dropping it. And is able to catch the ball walk into the end zone for a touchdown. That makes it 25-15. That's with eight minutes left. So you're sitting there, you're thinking, the dome is erupting. Can Purdue come possibly come back for this? And of course they can. I mean, first of all, this is Syracuse we're talking about. And 
when you have a quarterback and a receiver on the same page as Jones and O'Connell were, anything was possible. And what happens three plays later, 55-yard touchdown, Gary Williams get burned, and it's a touchdown for the Boilermakers. So, there you have that. It's now 25-22. Syracuse gets the ball back, tries to run a few plays, doesn't really get anything, has to punt, you know, four, between four and six minutes left in the half. So, that's that. Syracuse punts it back to Purdue. I want to say five minutes, four and a half minutes left in the game. And Purdue starts driving down the field. You're like, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. And they keep driving. They keep driving. And you get that huge sack from Steve Linton. Absolutely massive stack on third down that would have forced a turnover on downs from Steve Linton. Or not a turnover announcement. So I would have forced a punt on what was third down. Turns out he lines up offsides. I'll say it. It looked like a bit of a questionable call to me. We could hear, you know, what some other people had to say on the play who had better views. But it looked like a questionable call to me. That happens. Sets up third and one. Purdue gets the third and one. They keep driving down the field. Eventually, the drive stalls out around the 20-yard line. Okay, this is setting up at what would be a game-tying field goal with, you know, give or take three minutes left. Pushed wide right. Pushed it wide right. And the Dome's going nuts. The crowd was unbelievable today. It was not full. It was not close to full. But the crowd went absolutely nuts. And you keep going. They miss the field goal. Syracuse gets the ball back at, let's say, what? It's, they're on 20. They're on 25, whatever. All right. And... First two plays of the drive with two and a half minutes left. Purdue with two timeouts, two passing plays. Are you serious? Robert and I's play calling today was, let's just say, interesting. And it, it was interesting. We've got Ian Unsworth ready to hop on the line. I'll, I'll let him in. Uh, another Fizz staffer. Ian, you there? He's connecting right now. So Robert and I, as I was saying, was hey Ethan, you got me. Unbelievable! I got you, Ian. How are you doing? Great. Uh, I'm trying to get off the the JMA Wireless Dome Wi-Fi as we speak. Let's just say it's not that good for a cell phone company to put its <laughs> name on the building. But that's neither really here nor there. Um, this no, was a. It's not. I've, I've been. I've been talking. I just just a little synopsis to get you caught up. I've just been really going through my overall thoughts from the game, just going from start to finish. I'm I'm in the middle of the fourth quarter right now, but I want to hear from your perspective what you really saw and your overall takeaways. So I was on play by play for WAER, and I think what we really saw through the first half was the inability of the Syracuse wide receivers to get open. Uh, Purdue is running a lot of man coverage. Dino Babers highlighted it in the post game presser as well as Schrader. Uh, the Syracuse wideouts were just not good enough 1v1 to get space on the outside and conversely open up space for Sean Tucker. Then, on the other side, like once after the halftime break comes around, Aronde Gadsden bumps in the slot and Schrader finds him consistently. That creates lanes. Although Tucker really didn't do much in the second half, there was more space on the outside. Purdue's defense was more spread out. And that served to help SU move the ball down the field. I, absolutely right. I, I was going through Gadsden's impact 
talking about what he said after the game, how, you know, that play in the end zone when Schrader threw the interception that ended up turning into a defensive holding that turned into Isaiah Jones's touchdown was the same exact play that he scored the touchdown later on, on fourth down, or yeah, on fourth down and one, except Schrader was able to go through his progressions faster. And I think to your point about, you know, the receivers not getting open, Schrader wasn't going through his progressions either. He was getting happy feet in the pocket. And if his first target wasn't open, he was just either running he, he was running for his life, basically, was what it was. And credit to the O-line. They they held up as best as they could. But Purdue, after a little bit, Ron English, the defensive coordinator, knew that his corners were going to be good enough and safety's good enough to play one-on-one on the outside. So he said, all right, we'll send the linebackers, too. Once Syracuse started seeing five guys, six guys in the box, and then blitzing, Schrader had to run. There's no point in holding the ball back there when – your quarterback can break a tackle or two from undersized guys in the secondary and, and get positive yardage. It's I'd much prefer Schrader running with the ball, tucking it, and trying to create than what Aiden O'Connell did in the second half, which is hold it until the cows come home, throw it away once, throw it into Caleb Okachuku's stomach a second time, and then look completely rattled late in the game because he's had all day for the first three quarters. Uh, absolutely, and, and I think you have to give a lot of credit to Tony White for that if you're Syracuse, because in the first half, I was saying, you know, as I'm walking here, that they were playing a lot of soft coverage in the first half, and Aiden O'Connell was just taking everything underneath. It was death by a million paper cuts, and, you know, he was just dicing up the orange. He wasn't paying for it. The orange weren't paying for it dearly with touchdowns, but they were moving the ball down the field, taking up time of possession, and just really doing a good job. And then the second half, he comes out, and it felt like on every play he was sending at least four or five rushers, sending maybe an extra guy every single time. Uh, so I think you give Tony White a lot of credit because besides the times when Aiden O'Connell was targeting Charlie Jones, he felt really uncomfortable. And Jones beat Garrett Williams one-on-one, and that's that's going to happen. Dino Babers said post-game, Charlie Jones is going to be a first- or second-team All-American barring something catastrophic. He is that good. And he doesn't do you agree, look like do you agree with that? Do you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Look, he, he's not DK Metcalf. He's not, he doesn't have 4-2 speed. But he just gets open. He's, he's played six years of college football. After a while, you just know what to do. And Garrett Williams, as good as he is, got beat a couple times. That happens. If corners get put on islands, and that ha- that's what happens here at Syracuse, if corners get put on islands, sometimes they get cooked. Those things happen, but luckily for SU, it only happened once in a way that really impacted the football game. Yeah, I, I think that was very lucky. You're, you're right. Uh, and I talked about it, that when you're playing man coverage and you're not playing soft coverage anymore in the in the case of Garrett Williams and Dino said in the press conference if you want to play cornerback here at Syracuse you are not going to get help you are going to be left on an island and I thought that was really interesting like you know you don't want to give your guys help when they're getting beat 50 yards down the field but that's just how it was Diesel, uh, I want to I want to bring something else up here. Um, I don't know how you feel about okay. this, but my first reaction at the end of this game was Purdue lost that football game, right? Uh, Look, yeah. I know I know Absolutely. Syracuse played an amazing game. Syracuse played fantastic, and all the credit in the world to Schrader and Gadsden 
and the defense. And I hope you, I hope you've given all those guys their fair due. Um, yes, absolutely. Purdue should have kicked that ball off from the thirty-five as normal, right? And they should have had serious. Well, well, uh, I, I mean, they 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 shot themselves. Exactly, that's, that's that. what I'm saying. Schrader still made that play, but if Purdue doesn't. I don't know what the heck happened on their sideline. I don't know who said I, I tweet. I, I tweet. I tweeted from the, the Fizz account that it looked like they were throwing a tantrum on the field after the touchdown to Gats. I'm talking the about is basically I'm what I'm talking about before that. The reason Purdue had that first kickoff from the 15 yard line or 10 yard line, whatever it was, there were back to back unsportsmanlike penalties. First on Payne Durham, who had just caught his second touchdown of the game, and then on. Uh, now, on the sideline, I think it was Jeff Brom who just blew up. I don't know what happened there, but if those two penalties don't happen, and then the holding on a play that was going nowhere, and then the pass interference on a ball that goes to the sideline, we might be looking at a different result. So, all things considered, Syracuse was fantastic. But, at the same time, a team that is a bit more disciplined on defense might not give them the luxury to have that chance. In what way do you mean that? If you face an NC State or a Clemson, better talent, well-disciplined, right? And think about it this way. Against Clemson last year, Syracuse's receivers didn't do jack. Nobody was getting open one-on-one. You might not have that chance at the end of the game to go all the way down the field. I want to hear what you think about this. If anyone else wants to chime in as well feel free but did Syracuse win that game purely 100% or did Purdue lose it because I am slightly in the school of thought that Purdue set Syracuse up to win and and did it in spectacularly bad fashion yeah you look at the fourth quarter box score 22 points for Syracuse 20 for Purdue in what was an unbelievable quarter of football. And, and you, you look at Purdue's offense, and they didn't run the ball very well. They had the one touchdown from Devin McCoby. Maccabee. Okay, Maccabee. Devin Maccabee. And he goes untouched 15 yards into the end zone. But besides that, they didn't do anything. It was all the pass defense. And I don't want to sit here and just keep on ragging on, on the secondary because – I thought the defense played well despite the amount of yards they were giving up. I'd say so. The, the Purdue the Purdue mentality on offense and the Syracuse mentality on defense served to, uh, to produce exactly what just happened. Give up a lot of yards. Don't give up the big play. That's what matters most for Tony White. And they only gave up one, two big plays, both to Jones, both late in the game. So you're okay with it if you're Syracuse. Dino is okay with it post game, and overall, the the win is what matters most. I'm I'm more concerned about the Purdue the, the penalties that Purdue that Purdue puts Syracuse's offense in a position to win. I don't right think the, right. I talked right. I talked about it as well yeah. on the drive that you know when Syracuse was down nine to three in the th- driving in the end of that third quarter, two two penalties that extended the drive. Otherwise, Syracuse would have had to punt or kick a field goal to end that drive as well. We're extended and allowed Syracuse to score a touchdown and take the lead. Yeah, and it's not like the word. These penalties are 
gifts from heaven, right? Penalties are part of football. These things happen. Oh, my gosh. Ethan, we are driving home right now. We are right behind the Purdue team bus. Woo! Totally <laughs> random aside. Uh, we're, we're right near uh, right near the, the chancellor's house. There's, there's like a tailgate party clearing out. And uh, the Purdue bus literally just pulled in front of us. Wow. That's Go insane. figure. <laughs> Go of all, figure. Of all the thing, of all the things to pull in front of you right now. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild day in the three one five. Where were we? We were talking about uh, Purdue penalties. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. So the the penalties and all that sort of like all that sort of stuff, they they happen at very opportune times and just like Purdue did in their season opener against Penn State. Uh, in which Purdue had the ball. Look, let's be plain and simple. Purdue against Penn State threw the ball 12 times, ran it once. Not good at all. Um, And here you commit six or seven game-changing penalties in the span of maybe four or five minutes, if we're counting those couple drives and then the end of the game, right? Those are implosions. You don't. You, I don't expect an NC State or a Clemson, a really well-coached team, a top twenty-five team, to implode on itself. Right, but I also don't. I also don't expect Syracuse to play as bad as I as they did today. I think this is a, a big-time learning experience, at least from my perspective. I agree. I don't think. Well, you're going to play against better defenses as you get an ACC competition, but. I don't think Syracuse offensively is going to come out and look that desolate going forward. No, I, I, I don't think so either. Um, I, it's just, it's a feel, it's a thing of like, okay, this is the first time Robert and I has been in a big game with Syracuse, and he really pushed Garrett Strader to the limits of what he can do, and I think he realized, or at least you would hope he realized, okay, maybe he can't throw the ball down the field as much as I want to. Yeah, some of those throws down the field weren't great. I mean, Purdue's corners are, they weren't very deep at corner. Um, seven, Jamari Brown sucked. But uh, the, the other guys, Taylor and Trice, were both very solid coverage-wise. Um, so you have to give a lot of credit to them. And if Schrader can't throw the ball down the field, fine, whatever. As long as those five- well, but you had right because you had you had multiple wheel routes to Tucker yeah. that if he hits him in stride, he's not stopping. Yeah. Like he's running down the sideline into the end zone, and those were really frustrating. Yeah, and those were broken up by hybrid DN linebacker guys. It, it was not a those those were not corners covering Tucker. So yeah, those are things that I'm sure can be ironed out in practice. And they're tough throws. You lead in the guy who started in the backfield. It's a, it's a lot for a quarterback to adjust off a receiver and find Tucker, who's got a guy behind him. And, you know, the sidelines of a defender, all this sort of thing, all these sort of things that make a wheel route extremely difficult. But at the same time, Tucker was open, and that in itself is a big positive. That is true. And I think, you know, what we realize is that he can go out of the backfield. But it's still a work in progress when it comes to, you know, he had that. I don't want to sit here and and complain about Sean Tucker, but 
he seemed kind of out of it, and, and he seemed really frustrated in only a way that he can be. You know, not like vocally frustrated, but just from his body language, it looked like he was not like mentally there, wanting to you know do his Sean Tucker thing. He played the full four quarters. There's that's okay. Yeah, yes, but. It still felt like, you know, when you were looking at him on the sideline and whatever it was, that he seemed upset by the way the game was going. I was calling the game on the radio, so I didn't get to see the – I didn't see much of Tucker on the sideline or at least his demeanor when he wasn't on the field. So I can't exactly speak to that. But when he was on the field, it didn't look like he was selling out in any way, shape, or form. No, 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 no. And I'm not saying he was selling out. What I'm saying is that he he just didn't seem like himself. I don't know. Schrader said in the press conference that he was working through something during the week. Dino was coughing. Maybe there's like a little flu bug going around. Mm, I, I have no clue. But at the same time, when you when you're usually a hundred yard rusher, and you you get stonewalled early on, it didn't it didn't seem like Tucker found any ground besides that one run that he bounced outside for maybe eleven twelve yards. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but you adjust, and next time I think that the game plan, if Tucker isn't going in the run game, get him the ball in the passing game. They tried that once or twice, didn't really work out all that well. They had the tunnel screen in the red zone that was deflected. So. There will be more chances for Sean Tucker to get the football and create other than just handing it off to him behind the line of scrimmage. The other thing to note, in that post-game press conference, Dino said when we faked giving the ball to Tucker, good things happened. So that's true. it wasn't like I, and, Sean and Tucker that's had what, a negative right. influence on the game as a whole. His stat line is just not gaudy in any way, shape, or form. It's not what we expect. No, and I think... If Syracuse uses more play action, that's a good thing. It's just when you see a team like this struggle against the talent of Purdue is where you get frustrated. You're like, oh, maybe, you know, when you're playing Purdue, this isn't the most talented team in the Big Ten. It's not the worst, the the least talented team in the Big Ten. But, you know, after the way this team played against UConn and against Louisville, seeing how much they struggled, you know, from a skill positioner perspective, I think that's what was the frustrating thing. Ethan, this is the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to hop off. I, I know I know there were struggles. I know it wasn't the cleanest game in the world. But Purdue and Syri- Purdue's a real test for Syracuse. Uh, it's a team that plays a very tough style of offense to defend. Right, The defense is experienced. They fly around the field. They've got dudes that hit really hard. And they didn't have their best player game. either. Uh, yeah, they're not... They're not Michigan. They're not Ohio State. Yes, they're not the cream of the crop. But Syracuse wasn't the cream of the crop the last couple of years either. So right now, we take what we can get, right? This was a big time. This was a charged environment, a big time game. And even though Syracuse got dealt pretty much every bad hand you can think of, they came out with a win. And that's that has to be the last takeaway. Absolutely. I agree with that. All right, Ian. Thank you very much for hopping on, but it looks like we have a, another member of your traveling party who, uh, who wants to hop in on the phone, and that it would be Mr. John Eads, another member of our, our Fizz staff. Let's, uh, let's see what, what Mr. Mr. Eads has to say. Thank you, everyone, once again for listening. John, are you Yeah, there? you got me. 
I got cool. You. I'm not in a great uh, area in terms of reception here, but I'll do my best. Okay, your takeaways, uh, being someone that was also in the Dome today. Yeah, I mean, what a great game. There were 42 points scored in the fourth quarter, and I, I guess I don't want to go on to big soliloquy here, so what I will say is that this was the game that Syracuse lost time after time after time last year. You think about Florida State, you think about Wake Forest. I think those are the two glaring ones that uh, come to my head. They did win that Virginia Tech game, which was a similar kind of crazy style of fashion. But what I'm getting at here is that this team this year is finding ways to win. This is really the first time they've been tested, put in a situation where they had to before to win, and win, do something to win instead of having an early lead, just kind of resting on their laurels with that. Uh, this team competed the whole day and really just showed why things are different this year. Yeah, I, I, it was. You remember last year. You think of Florida State. You think of Wake. You think of Clemson. Those three games all in a row. And maybe even Rutgers. That's what the first half of this game, to me, felt like. Yeah. Was that Rutgers game last year and just how much of a you know a rock fight that was. And you're like, oh, here we go again. Syracuse just doesn't have the skill position players to go up against the athletes of Purdue. But the fourth quarter, 42 combined points touchdowns back and forth the whole way and, and maybe this is different yeah and i mean i think syracuse made it a little more difficult on itself than it needed to it was 25 15 after that okachuku pick six and they had all the momentum they saw it slip away because purdue marched down the field scored and then su sputtered offensively after that but uh, when it was all said and done su made the plays to win the game last year it was the running game that really pushed syracuse forward was the focal point of this offense but it's kind of refreshing and nice to see the passing is what got Syracuse the win today has really been fueling this offensive approach this season. It's all credit to Robert and I, the OC, and Jason Beck, the quarterback's coach. They've completely transformed this offense, and it didn't look great. I mean, it looked like 21 Syracuse offense performance in the first half. Schrader, four of nine for a handful of yards. Tucker was not his usual self. He only had, I don't know, like 30 yards or so in that first half. Didn't have much to do uh, in the entire game at all because Purdue was just stacking up the line of scrimmage and whatnot. Uh, the game plan for the Boilermakers was to make Syracuse win with the pass. So they clogged up the holes. They loaded up the box. They forced SU to win one-on-one. -on -one, and the biggest play of the game, Gadsden beat his DB on a post corner, and Schrader dropped it in the bucket. So the passing game getting wins for Syracuse this year was not the same story last season. Yeah, I want to ask you about that final play because Purdue brings all-out pressure on that play, leaving everyone on an island. You're calling play-by-play play on that play. What was, what were you thinking as you were describing what was going on? And, and in hindsight, was sending everyone at Schrader the right decision, do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a couple of seconds. It was unbelievable. I see Schrader. It'll Schrader. That pressure got home. That pressure worked. So I don't know really the play call for Ron English, Mark Hagan, the DCs for Purdue. And out of nowhere... Gadsden's open. Schrader launches the football. I'm like, where the hell is he throwing this pass other than out of bounds to stop the clock, I guess? And there's Gadsden, wide open in the corner of the end zone. Ball just drops in his hands. Perfect throw from Schrader as he's falling to his back. So just the Johnny Mansell type of play from a guy who had some Mansell moments today and also had some Eric Dungey moments as well. Um, so that last play was unbelievable, Ian. Or Ethan, sorry. I've uh, been saying Ian a lot today. And uh, really, just, just an absolute flash. I'm sure you have. 
So one of the better plays I've seen in a long time. One of the better plays. What an unbelievable game. John, any, any final thoughts before before I let you go? Yeah, I mean, this is a dangerous team, man. This is a team that could clinch bull eligibility before the season even gets going. You got UVA next week. They just lost to Illinois by three touchdowns, led by Tommy DeVito. We won't have to get into that. Um, then you got Wagner after that. So two very winnable games, 5-0 and start. I don't think really anybody saw this coming. I had Syracuse pegged as a bowl team coming into the season, uh, but I didn't have them starting 5-0. and And then, you know, you go into that bye week. You got NC State. If they continue to take care of business and are undefeated as well, hey, man, we could have college game day rolling into the Salt City, and it would be an absolute party. Did you see, they, did you see, did you see they said that? Did you see they said that on college game day this morning as well? I did not. All I saw was that Kirk Herbstreit yeah, said, was, watch was, out. You know, the, I believe it was the Bear. The Bear was given some picks about BYU, mentioned Robert and I, and said, Syracuse wins today. Look out, they may be 5-0 and going to NC State. And yep. College Game Day has never been to Syracuse, one of only a few Power 5 programs that has never hosted the famed pregame show. What an unbelievable atmosphere that would be, as you mentioned. All right, John, great job today. I'll let you go. Thanks so much for hopping on. And then we'll wrap things up here on our Purdue and Syracuse reaction. Thank you very much again. Thanks for having me. See you guys. All right, that was Ian Unsworth and John Eads, two of the guys who called the game today on WAR, more like the feeder system into the fence. That's how it works around here. They were excellent. They saw everything firsthand. And just some final thoughts on the game today. What a performance. What an atmosphere. The crowd was in it from start to finish. It felt like the crowd may have lost a little bit there in that third quarter when the offense was struggling, but able to keep themselves in the game the team doing everything they can to get the crowd up in that fourth quarter the defense every time they had the ball michael jones just kept slapping his helmet every single play pumping trying to pump up the crowd i would say you know six or seven of the guys out of the 11 on the defense were trying to pump up the crowd before every third down every third down crowd on its feet just an unbelievable atmosphere in the dome today the orange are three and oh and we will have all your coverage of Syracuse football throughout the week. Read everything at theorangefizz.com. A little rebranding, but we are still saying the same. You can listen to everything. Here we'll have a recording of our Fizz if you came in late, if you dropped out early. We will have a recording of that up on the website on SoundCloud as well. We thank everyone for listening. We'll do this again after Virginia on Friday night in the Dome. It should be fun. Thanks again for listening. Have a great night, everyone.